just doing things a little differently this evening and tomorrow. Um, as we thought about kind of, you know, what do we do? You know, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, it's looking like we're not going to be over there and there's some disappointment and some frustration. But at the same time, a reminder that this is not something that has taken God off. Uh, he's not surprised that he's in control and sovereign. And, and just was reminded as, as an elder team, as we're praying Wednesday night, as a staff, that we may plan and we may pray, uh, and, and these are good things, uh, but as much as we plan, as much as man plans, that the Lord is the one who establishes our steps. And so just wanted this service tonight and tomorrow for the people of CBC just to be a reminder of God's goodness, of his grace to us, um, and just provide a time for us as a church to worship and to in quiet and kind of reflect. And so there's going to be some times of prayer tonight. There's going to be a time at the table tonight. Uh, we're going to do a sermonette for me, and, and, uh, uh, which is for you, many of you, refreshing. You're probably glad about that. Um, and, and really what I wanted to do is, is, is just reflect on a character in Scripture just for a few moments. Because the reality for many of our lives is a, 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 build, a postponement of a building is not a big deal. I mean, in the big, in five years, we're not gonna, we're not gonna care. We're just not. It's oh yeah, we had to postpone a week or two, whatever. But there is much bigger things going on in the body than having to, to throw another Saturday evening service. We know because we're here and we've been praying and counseling and doing all these things. And so wherever you're at, we just want this evening to be a a time for you to reflect on the goodness of God, despite all the circumstances, despite what's going on out there. And and want you to think about the story of Joseph. We don't have time to look at it because it's about a 20-chapter story. And maybe many of you are familiar with the story of Joseph, and maybe you're a new Christian, you have no clue about Joseph. Just let me remind you his kind of quick story of his life. He is one of 12 brothers. He is his daddy's favorite. His daddy's name is Jacob, or is, is changed to Israel. That His 12 sons were, were the 12 tribes of Israel. And so Joseph was one of those 12. He's his daddy's favorite. He gets a special coat because his daddy loves him. And because he's his daddy's favorite, all the rest of the brothers hate him. They despise him. And on top of that, he has a dream one night that, that his brothers, in essence, were going to bow down and worship him. And he has another dream that his dad and his mom were going to bow down and worship him. And he goes and tells them, and that makes them despise him even more. And so one day, he's going to see how his brothers are doing out in the field. His dad sends him out. The brothers are thinking, oh, here comes old tattletale daddy's little favorite. And so they have a plot, and they're going to kill him. And they, they almost do, but one of the brothers stops him and says, we can't kill him, but let's sell him. So they sell him into slavery. They sell their own brother to be a slave down in Egypt. And so here's this young man who's got all this promising future, and his daddy loves him. And he's got his, his mama who loves him. But yet, here he is, and he is a slave hundreds of miles from his parents. He is, by God's providence, sold to a man named Potiphar, who is the head of the captain of the army of Pharaoh, or the, of, the, of the guard of Pharaoh. And in Potiphar's house, he rises to the, be the top servant. In fact, it says that, that Joseph was such a great servant that his master didn't even worry about anything about except what he was gonna eat. He put everything in charge of Joseph. God was blessing Joseph. And so Things are starting to turn around for Joseph a little bit. Yeah, he got sold. Yeah, he's far from dad and mom, but at least he's got a good job. His boss loves him, got a little success. Only he's a good-looking dude, and his boss's wife has a little crush on him and keeps hitting on him, keeps hitting on him, keeps hitting on him. And finally, one day, she gets him alone in the house, and she's hitting on him, and basically, he runs away 
and she grabs his, basically the shirt off his back, but he runs away almost naked, all right, because he wants to obey God. And she accuses him falsely, and so he is thrown in jail again. Everything was going well, and crash. It says he's there for some time. And while he's in jail, he again rises to the top, and the jailer says he gives everything to Joseph's charge. He basically is in charge of the jail, but he's there for year after year. Innocent. He becomes the Andy Dufresne of the of the Egyptian prison, right? He's in charge, but he's innocent. Till one day, <coughs> excuse me, Pharaoh gets mad with two of his main guys, his cupbearer and his baker. He gets mad at him. He throws them both in jail. And so they're in jail with Joseph. And then they have dreams, separate dreams, each of them. And Joseph interprets each of their dreams. And he says, you, Mr. Cupbearer, you're going back to the palace. You, Mr. Baker, you're dead. And sure enough, Next day, that happens. Cupbearer goes back to Pharaoh's house. The next, the, 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 the baker is killed, and he just reminds the cupbearer, please, just tell the Pharaoh about me. I'm innocent. Just tell him about me. And he forgets him. And he sits in jail for two more years until Pharaoh has a dream. And none of his dream interpreters can figure it out. And the cupbearer remembers, oh, wait, there was this dude in the jail he told me my dream, and so he brings him in. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's ge- his dream, which, which predicts the future, that seven years of plenty would be followed by seven years of famine. And so he suggests to the Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you ought to, you ought to store up some food now, because when the seven years of famine come, that way you'll have food. Pharaoh thinks, that's a great idea. I think you should be in charge of that. And so they put Joseph in charge. Basically, he becomes the second in command of all of Egypt, Right Out of the jail and now second in command. You think, what a great story of restoration, but the story's not done because the famine goes all the way back to the, to the land of Canaan where daddy and his brothers are living and his daddy hears, you know, there's, there's, there's food down in Egypt. You guys go down and get some food. So he sends the 10 brothers. He keeps his now favorite Benjamin back. He sends the 10 brothers down. Joseph recognizes them. They don't recognize him. And he accuses them of being spies. He throws them in jail. He does all these things to him, right? Things to them just to, just to test them. He ends up filling their bags up. But he says, you guys, cannot, you guys cannot come back here unless you bring your younger brother. Your younger brother. And I'm gonna keep this one brother, Simeon, with me until you guys bring your younger brother back. They go back. Their dad's like, well, poor Simeon because we're not sending back Benjamin. That's been my favorite now. He's not going back. So Simeon's just going to have to sit down there in jail. Eventually, they run out of food again. The brothers come back, this time with Benjamin. Joseph sees his brother. He weeps. He tests him again. He, he brings him all to his house. He, he puts Benjamin at the head of the table, and he gives him five times more food than the rest of his brothers, just to see if they still have this little sibling rivalry going on. They don't. He goes, one more test. He sneaks a little silver cup in Benjamin's bag. So when they leave, they go chase him and they find the, the cup. And they're like, oh my goodness. The brothers are like, we can't get a break with this guy. And they got to go back. And in the end, he finally reveals himself to be Joseph, their brother. And they bow down just like his, his dream years before prophesied they would. And then they go back and get their dad and they bring their dad and he's reunited with Joseph. And in the end, his dad, his dad and mom bow down. And, and what you have is the restoration, but you have J- Joseph saving Israel. He saves the nation of Israel. He saves his dad. He saves his mom. He saves his brothers. He ends up saving the nation. 
If you would have asked Joseph, is that the way you would have done it? Jail, slavery, loneliness. Joseph probably wouldn't have done that way. Is that the way that maybe Jacob would have wanted things to turn out, having to be depressed for 13 years, thinking his son was dead and finding out he's alive? Wouldn't have been been Jacob's idea. The brothers who felt guilty for all that time because they they had sent their brother away to a likely death, was that the way they would have chosen it? No. But in the end, what God says is what, what you guys meant for evil, God meant for good. And I'm just reminded, and as I read through the story just, just another hour ago up in my office, several times in the narrative it says, but God was with Joseph. But God was showing his favor to Joseph. And even in those darkest jail times that God did not abandon Joseph. And so just a reminder for us, you know, buildings, that's, that's, that's insignificant. But some of your lives, maybe it's just not, some of your, it's the greatest time of your life, some of you it's not. But God is showing his favor to his people. God is doing something behind the scenes that we don't grasp, that God is good. And so we just want to celebrate that this evening. The goodness of God, the grace of God, the providence of God. And if, you have, if you're like, I can't see anything good right now about my life, then we want to direct you to the Lord Jesus. And we want to direct you to his cross, and we want to direct you to the empty tomb, because that is the ultimate of goodness for us as church. So we just wanna have a time to remember that tonight. Let's pray. I'll ask the guys to come back up and they're gonna lead us in just some some worship through song. Lord, uh, as we, your church, gather, wherever we are, I pray that just remembering the, the story of Joseph and the story of Moses and the story of David and all these men and women in the Bible, Ruth, Esther, Naomi, Mary, that, that you were doing something even in the midst of maybe where their plans were not taking them. You have plans for this local body as well as all the others. I just pray that you would direct us and in the midst of that, we would worship, that we would praise you for your goodness, for your grace, for your sovereignty, for your steadfast love, which endures forever, that you are faithful and we are not.